driving the most challenging uh, if you have a shit car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first period yeah, yeah. in Caterham, uh, <laughs> that was for sure the, the most crappiest, the hardest thing I ever did. It was like, wow. Hey everyone, welcome to the Track Limits podcast presented by Formula Addict. I am your host, Swish. I'm with my co-host, Henny. We are currently in Amsterdam, Netherlands, and here with a very, very special guest, a person who has driven in championships from F1 all the way to endurance, Gato van der Gaard. Welcome. welcome. Thank you. How, How are, are you? doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. It's the other other side of Amsterdam, yeah. but yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it was like 10 minutes ride with the car, so it's oh. quite easy. And uh, yeah, life's good, I have to say. That's yeah. awesome. And right now, are you in an off season? Are you? Are you? <laughs> no, we are in on season actually, on season. because okay. in endurance racing, uh, our actually first race is always in Daytona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just had Daytona in 24 hours. Yep. Uh, it's one of the toughest races in the in the season. And normally, uh, January was always uh, in in the period like you were doing single seaters or Formula One was like big big push. Yeah. Yep. To get really fit and get prepared for the season but uh, i had this already in december but that was quite tough this year you know because you have uh, christmas santa claus family i had another <laughs> third child was on the way yeah. oh. oh but congrats thank you way. very much but um yeah i mean uh, we are now full in the season here right oh. Great. Well, we're going to go through kind of over the next hour and talk a lot about A, your racing career. I think there's a lot to unpack there. In Q2, obviously, just you as a professional, even outside of the track, who you are, how you became who you are. And then finally, in Q3, we're going to go through the rapid fire round. And again, many people say they're prepared for it, but candidly, you just can't prepare (laughs) for it. So (laughs) we put you on the spot. uh, Let's see. Let's see that. All right. I love it. All right. Let's get right into Q1. So in about 30 seconds, tell us a little bit about your career, but maybe some of the accomplishments you're the most proud of as a, as a person. Wow, mm-hmm. I don't really t- like to talk a lot about myself. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, I was a young kid. I started in racing and, and I really liked it. My father pushed me a little bit. He was uh, uh, racing himself mm. when he was younger. But then, you know, once you see that you have kind of talent and, and you have to go uh, through the system and then you, were, uh, you become Dutch champion, European mm-hmm. champion, world champion and then you have an ultimate goal to reach formula one and i was lucky to do it for three years one as a racing driver two times as a as a reserve uh, and test driver mm-hmm. and that i'm still proud of you know mm-hmm. it was a long journey uh, it's a hard work but to be honest um uh, i also learned there's much much more next to racing and this is also what i uh, enjoy now fantastic and what is the day-to-day life for you look like right now um, a lot of things, you know, as a, as an athlete, you're only working on yourself, uh, trying to reach the highest goal. And that was for me, Formula One. Um, and it's like day in, day out, your routine, you train, uh, you sleep, you eat well, you make sure you, everything go, goes well. Uh, you go to the races, you meet the team, uh, you work as hard as possible. But uh, once I had that and I was like, you know, I'm done with, with, with Formula One and, and, and I don't want to be the fully, fully professional anymore. I like to also uh, learn new things in life. And mm. um, I was lucky to have like a, a, a small good lesson from my father-in-law. He's like a very big business guy in, in Holland. 
And uh, I learned a lot from him. I was like working with him uh, for three quarters of a year. I was his right hand through every deal, every due diligence, every mm. appointment. I was there with him. And I was like, after that, like, yeah, I really enjoyed this as well, doing business. Mm. So I started a company in real estate. I started a company in, um, in like an investment company. We did some investments in, in, in like uh, tech companies, uh, real estate companies, mm. uh, in payment companies, in, in um, blockchain company so we we actually the last few years yeah i'm actually more than a uh, more a businessman than than a race driver let's say wow wow that is uh, that's detailed yeah, yeah and that's incredible and i think what's cool about that is many drivers can't really see past their racing career and i feel like for you it's pretty cool that you've been able to push yourself to go and explore a totally new field a totally different field yeah but it was tougher yeah, yeah i can I mean, imagine uh, was it tougher than getting to formula one no, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> different, different kind of toughness. Of, co right. of course, reaching Formula One was was very hard and, mm -hmm. and, and not easy, but that was like a, a, an ultimate goal. And I think, you know, I had a period that, that you had to leave Formula One and, and you were not racing for one more year. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that was like, uh, uh, yeah, they call it in Holland, the black hole, you know, <laughs> uh, it's like a, a trap where you're in that you, you cannot race, you cannot uh do anything you're sitting at home starting to see the races from tv and i was like that, that period for me was very hard um so i went like a lot of partying a lot of crazy things i did right. to 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 find to some it, like yeah. a adrenaline or or yeah. like 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 a drug or to, yep. to to go out and, and 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 go crazy but after half a year i was like you know things are not going well with me yeah. mm. and um and i reached out for for some help nice uh, so I, I i really talked with some coachings, um, and I really learned a lot about that. It's not only a life that is matters about racing. Mm. There, there, what I said before, there's so much more: eh? business, family, friends. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was a very good lesson for me. Mm. Of course, I was still 30 on that time, 31. Mm. So I had to do something else than racing, yeah. and um, and that was going into the business. And right. so I was lucky to go there early. Uh, on, a, on a young young age um, and now the combination is, is perfect yeah and taking you back from you know racing in F1 then you moved into endurance what was that experience like <laughs> um Tough, yeah. tough, especially the first test. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was quite excited after one year not racing anymore to go back in endurance racing. Signed up with a good team, good teammates, and uh, the first test we had to do, we were at four guys. Normally, when you go to a track, yeah, you change around 8.30 and 8.45, you do a small warm-up. At 9 o'clock, you're in the car. Mm. And you're doing the whole day of testing. So from 9 to 1, you have a lunch break to 2, and then 2 to, to 5 again in yeah. the car. Mm. But here, I was like, okay, change at 9 o'clock. I shot a run plan. At the end of the morning, you could do 8 laps. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? what what's going on yeah. eight laps in the morning in the afternoon i could do another eight i said well, why i'm here yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i could yeah. stay home and and, uh, and yeah. then you know play on the playstation or, or work you know yeah yeah but you know we are here with four drivers and everybody needs to jump in and see if the seat is good blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. end of the morning was finished zero laps uh, oh. i was waiting until four o'clock in yeah. the afternoon when i first had my chance to jump in the car damn and they gave me uh, eight plus eight, uh, 16, so 16 laps. So it right. was okay, but right. still I was like, man, this is this, I don't like it. Yeah. This yeah. is not my thing. Yeah. But then you go to the first race and then you start to understand how endurance working and you work with the teammates. 
first of all, we won the first race at Silverstone. I think mm -hmm. that was a very uh, good achievement and a very nice weekend. Yeah. Uh, and then you start to dial in into in, into the endurance racing, and um, and nowadays I, I love it. Yeah. Yep. You do you prefer that over F one? No. Uh, no, no, F1 okay. is still the ultimate thing to yeah. do. I mean, the cars are super quick. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the whole teams b b behind you, the way you work, mm. everything is on a super high level. The updates that comes, right. the technical things behind it, the engineers in the factory. There's so many things to 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 look at just to find even one tenth. Right, and that was really really cool. And also as a driver, you need to perform every single free practice uh, qualifying because you know your teammate has the same car yeah. and you have to beat your teammate and if yeah. you don't beat it you're under pressure and you have to do yeah. well and and what what was that like you know differentiating between having a teammate that can be a friend and then also a competitor oh, he was not my friend yeah. <laughs> was, uh, no, no. He, although charles charles peak that time is yeah. super cool guy and, yeah. and 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 very friend and very friendly uh, but you know, once you're in the car, it, it's it's your enemy. You, know? right. you have to you have to beat him. Hmm. And the first part of the the season from one 2013, I I I really enjoyed my myself because you know I was in Formula One yeah. and it was cool. But it went really up and down. Some races were really good. Some qualifiers were really good. And some qualifiers were really bad. And some races were really really bad. And then on a certain point, uh, the team was like, okay, look, now you have to get on. The second half of the season is coming. You need to be more stable and you need to start uh kick your your teammates ass yeah <laughs> and somehow just before the summer stop that i think was a really good race in budapest um it's such an amazing race then you have a good bus you go in the summer stop you chill out for two weeks enjoy the sun family yeah, you party a little bit and then come back i think the second part of the half i, I yeah i kicked off my my teammate and uh, that was a very strong end of the season let's say hmm. And in 2013, you were with Catherine, yeah. right? You know, what was that experience like? Tell us a little bit kind of about that team, <laughs> the culture there. Like, yeah. Um, the, the, I remember the first test in Jerez. Mm -hmm. And it was like, after 10 laps, like, oh, this is going to be a, <laughs> yeah. such a long season. Because uh -huh. it was just a shit box to drive. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It was un, un, undrivable. Yeah. Remember in Barcelona, the second test, it was raining. And, I went off twice. My team out went three times off because oh, the car was all over the place. Wow. It was not balanced. The front was too strong. The rear was too weak. And mm -hmm. then we, we did some modification and it was the other way around. So we never could find a good balance until the biggest update, um, I think in Bahrain somewhere, came. Um, it started to be better, but... You know, if you have the start start a season like this, it's like you know it's going to be a long one. You know that that you are uh, fighting with the last uh, two other t uh, drivers. Uh, it was Chilton and and Jules Bianchi. They were in uh, in Marussia at that time, mm -hmm. and the rest in front of us was just unreachable. And right. um, and of course, we had some ups and downs in the season. But um, I learned a lot. Mm. I think I became a much better driver because you just have a really hard uh, car to drive at. Mm. Um, so you have to find the tools yourself to to drive around the problem. Right. Um, but on the, on the other hand, I, I really had an enjoyable season. Yeah. Mm. And then in 2015, I just remember like seeing a lot of confusion around what was happening with Sauber in particular, mm. right? Like, and, you know, I think there was this is what we've heard at least from the outside looking in there was a seat that was given to you and then was taken back you know like 
I don't know if that's ever happened. Like, I don't think recently it's happened. But like, do you do you remember kind of what happened in that situation? And then also, do you think that'll ever happen again? Or do you think teams hopefully have learned from that experience? I hope no, but it doesn't happen anymore because yeah. on that stage, I think for driver and the people around the driver, it's it's yeah the hardest thing to mm-hmm. to uh, to have. Um, uh, long story short, uh, story uh, story long short, how do you call it? The other way around. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I started 2014 as a reserve and test driver with Sauber, mm-hmm. and uh, we signed actually a deal for one year plus another year. Mm-hmm. But the plus another year should be um, optioned in July, August, okay. something okay. around there. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, some Fridays, uh, FP1. I did a test in Bahrain, did another test at Silverstone. I think I did another Friday somewhere else. And the team was really happy. And I was work- working really hard. Mm-hmm. I was trying to understand how the team was working. Um, I think the engineering side was very strong. The mechanics were super nice guys. Mm-hmm. I think the team was some sometimes very good, sometimes was not so good. It was a bit up and down, but they had a lot of potential. And mm. I really wanted to come back in 2015. That was my goal. Mm. So in, in, in July, August, um, we got a letter. Here's your contract. Uh, we signed it. Uh, hopefully, uh, you agree the terms as well. And uh, you will be coming uh, a race driver for 2015. Mm. So I was really happy. I pushed myself to the ultimate limit to, to come back in 2015. But then towards the end of the year, we go to Bahrain. Uh, actually, the race before already, they announced, uh, first of all, Ericsson. Mm. And then they announced as well, Nasser. Mm. We were like, what is this? Yeah. I, I went to Monisha Kalteborn. I said, look, what is this? I have a signed contract. And now you put two other drivers in. Yeah, it's a man, money questions. A money questions. Look, we helped you as well with at, uh, with, with some with some money f- up, up front. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. on that time... You know, you have to bring a bit of a sponsorship, and and that, that was the way it worked. Yeah. And now you put two other drivers in. Uh, this is this is wrong. Yeah. So yeah, then then all the shit started with court cases mm. uh, and all these things, and we had like five court cases and right. won all of them. Um, even went to to Melbourne. I was <laughs> wearing a Marcus Ericsson suit. I was jumping in the car. <laughs> the, the team was not able to speak to me. I wow, could yeah. only speak to some guys in the engineering mm. because they thought uh, they felt sorry for me. Mm. And then on Saturday, um, um, a Friday night, actually, we had to to decide. Look, yes, I wanted to race. Yes, I wanted to to race with Sauber because I felt good there. Mm. But on the other hand. Somehow the working relationship was so much destroyed that uh, I also don't know, didn't trust it anymore. You know, right. because for example, you have to jump in that car, you have to start racing, and and something is not right or something not screwed on well, or they 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 will they will yeah. You de- second guess are they sabotaging you? Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, that was that was like okay, it doesn't feel right. And on on the end, there came a deal that they paid me off uh, big time. Mm. And that was the end of my Formula One career. And did that leave like a, a sour taste in your mouth mm, about Formula One? Yeah, yeah, yeah big right. time, big yeah, time. Yeah. Especially when when I was flying home on Saturday night, and then I arrived somewhere in Dubai, and the race was just finished, hmm. and they finished fifth and eighth. I was like, wow, man! Yeah, <laughs> wow. could have been my first Formula One points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I knew the car, I knew the team, I know how how they were working. Uh, I know the other two drivers. Yes, of course they're good, but I could have shown at least done the same same job. Hmm. But it was a very, very tough, 
period, especially when then you're coming home, uh, you have nothing to do, uh, right. you only know that you are a good racing driver, you don't know anything that, that you are more interested in. Mm. So that was, um, yeah, how we call it in Dutch, the, the black hole or the... Yeah. the yeah, yeah. and was... is, is that the same now that F1 and FIA are introducing questionable policies that are coming out? One being, you know, the one they just introduced with no politics, no religion uh, during race weekends for for uh, the drivers. Do you do you agree with that, or is that something that I think they're pushing a little too hard? Too much. Yeah, mm. too much because I think every person can can say something, feel something. Um, I think what what Lewis did with Black Lives Matter was very special. Mm. I think it was also very nice that uh, Vettel was completely with him. Um, they, he took the knee straight away the first race they did it. I think that was something very cool to see. I know those guys for many, many years. So I think that was a, a nice way. Uh, I think last year with Ukraine, with the flag that, yep. that Fetter was driving yeah. with, with it. I think that that's just cool that people can show off, show their emotions and feel that they feel something was happening in the world. Mm. And now it's not, not allowed to do it anymore. I think it's um, it, it goes too far. Yes, some things maybe you cannot do, but yes, if something happening in the world, come on, man. we, we you Talk know. about it. Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And what was it like driving with uh, Lewis and Vettel? Mm. And nice. I mean, I, I started to, to know Lewis when I was 13. 13 and wow. uh, I met Robert Kubica when I was 12. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was racing for them many, many years. And Vettel as well. I mean, he just posted a picture, I think, one or three weeks ago. Uh, one him in the go-kart and then you saw me behind yeah, him. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool it was yeah. a good period it was very relaxed you know go-kart track you are with them you mm. play you play the whole day then yeah. you go to race each other and you play, race hard and after the race sometimes one was angry because he lost and the yeah. other one was happy <laughs> because he won yeah. but then 10 minutes later you're like oh, okay let, let's uh, play around yeah. you know right and I think the, um, the 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 people who I grew up with, I yeah. think it was a very very strong category mm. uh, of 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 good good drivers, and um, you know with Lewis, with 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 Vettel, yeah. uh, Hulkenberg was there, Grosjean. Mm -hmm. Some, yeah. Do you, do you guys have like a special group chat that you yeah, guys? Yeah, we've are, heard. Yeah, yeah there there's chat? a secret no, group no, chat. No, 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 no. Not. I mean, there's a group chat between all the drivers in Formula in One now. Grade, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I speak to Max quite a lot, and I know Nick De Vries very well. Mm. So I know there everybody's in the group there. Mm. Um, but between me, Lewis, when I see Lewis, yeah, it's nice. It's good to see each other. And yep. how's life? How are you? How's family? La, la, yeah. la, and then it's done. Uh, I think with Veto, I had a very much more closer relationship. I had a nice talk with him in Zandvoort last mm. year. Uh, very humble guy. Actually, very funny. Really? Yeah. Not a lot of people see that. Yeah. He's a Not very really. humble no. and, and yeah. really yeah. funny guy. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, it, it, we always had the, uh, because we were teammates in Formula 3, so it was, uh, yeah, good Special. to catch him yeah. up, yeah. And I mean, I would imagine, you know, watching 2021 must have been <laughs> pretty interesting for you, given the fact that you drove with Lewis, you're mm. also Dutch, you you clearly, you know, have a relationship with Max as well. Like, how was that as a, as a person watching that race? Like, what did you just honestly think about that race? That last race, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was yeah, it was just amazing. Uh, I think the, 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 the one of the most nicest final races probably in history, yeah. and 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 the two two best drivers on the grid fighting each other mm -hmm. for a world title, and um, yeah, like that with, with how many twenty laps to go, we were like yeah, pff, it's over. It's over. Know? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn off the TV. He <laughs> was going to win his eighth title. He's going to yeah. be the biggest driver ever. Yep. 
Um, which is which was cool to say, you know, man, yeah. when I'm 65 sitting in the bar, say, yeah, I raised Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that should have been. Uh, yeah, funny, yeah. But I mean, still have one of the greatest yeah. Yeah, together with Shumi. But you know what happened then on the last few laps with with Max, and and I know Max uh, for a very long time. I think mm. he was like a baby when when I started to meet him. Wow. Uh, Jos was tuning my go kart engines uh, when no I won the world wow. championship in 2002. I was sleeping every week uh, in Max's bed. Max was sleeping in Jos's bed. <laughs> and it was, you know, we were playing PlayStation, yeah. going swimming, and, and we still have a very close relationship. Mm. Uh, very funny guy, uh, super good driver. But then for Holland, this was like a dream come true. Also for the family and also, yeah. also, of course, also for Max. Yeah, It was very, very special that, uh, yeah, that he could win that, uh, that world championship. Yeah. I mean, we were on the edge of our seats. Yeah. I just remember, and I think it was seven a.m., eight a.m. in the yeah, morning in Canada. In for Canada us. And yeah. I, we were just crazy. But obviously, it had to be a Canadian who crashed. Yeah, Why? Why, Nicholas? Why? We always love Nicholas. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We gave him a little bit of shit last year in yeah. 2022 because oh, yeah. he was doing not so well. Yeah. Mm. But uh, to be honest, we always love him because he gave Max Verstappen and Holland the yes, world championship. The world championship. Yeah, he Absolutely. gave him a chance. And there was an interesting, I, I don't want to misquote this. That's no. why I'm, I'm reading off this one. But there was a magazine, RTLGP. And I'm curious, A, if you actually said this and then B, what you meant by this. But I think they asked you a little bit about Hamilton in 2021. And you said to quote that he became, he, he sorry, he has become a boring guy, mm. you know, and you wanted him to do something crazy. You know, like, what did you mean by that? Did you did you say that? Like, just curious a little bit about. No, I don't that. think that's the correct words. Yeah. Um, because Lewis, I think, is never boring. Yeah. Uh, as a race driver, I rate him super high. I mm -hmm. think he uh, is probably the, the the best driver I ever raced with. Mm. Uh, as a human being, super humble, super relaxed. Uh, of course, he changed a little bit during the years, which is normal because the attention he gets, you know, everybody oh. wants something from him. So he needs to. Yep. Uh, uh, take him uh, sometime apart and then be only with family and friends, which I understand. Hmm. But um, of course, he's been mature over the few years. Yep. And when he entered Formula One, hmm. I think there's this article, he was spectacular. Hmm. Movings, overtaking, doing crazy things, hitting somebody. Yeah. Of course, when you're getting older, you're not doing those things anymore. I mean, I look, look to myself. I'm also, when I was younger, I was more crazy than I am now. Yep. But uh, this is what probably I meant. I think sometimes, you know, Louis, you're so good. Show a bit more. Do mm. a big fight. Yeah. You know, if you're fighting Musk, come on, show your show your yeah. nose or, or come on, let, let, let's go Be for more it. Aggressive. You know? yeah. Yeah. I think he showed more it in aggressive. Brazil in the recent race. Was, I think yeah. he, he showed that for sure, yeah. 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 And I think the, the, the fight between those two, it's just yeah, amazing to <laughs> see. So I mean, those are the best drivers uh, at the world at this moment. Yeah. Mm. And um, and and to fight them each other on track, you always see there's some tension. There's a, they like to win from each other, yep. and and this is what I really like to see. And is there another driver that you think has that it factor mm. that's coming up right now in this F1 grid? Um, I think, other than Max, of course. <laughs> um, I think um, what I've seen from outside, uh, I think two highly rated drivers I, I like a lot is uh, Lando Norris. Mm. I think he's really underrated. Uh, what he's been shown the last few years, I think he's very, very good. Mm -hmm. And I think really also Piastri, but I rate Piastri very high, so it will be very interesting to see how the battles between Lando and Oscar. Okay, yeah. Exactly, to those guys. Yep. 
Let's see how how that plays out. Yeah. But I think Lando has a had a very bright future in Formula One. Do you think Piastri would would I overcome that I pressure? Think, I, I hope so because Piastri, if you look at him, he's very cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, he's a fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a very uh, strong personality. He has very good people around him, mm -hmm. so he will make life uh, hard for Lando. I'm sure. Well, final question in Q1. Out of all the motorsports that you've been a part of, where do you find people to be the scrappiest? Like, where do you find, you know, driving to be the most challenging? For myself? For yourself. Driving the most challenging. Uh, if you have a shit car. <laughs> <laughs> so the first period yeah, yeah. in Caterham, yeah. uh, that was for sure the, the most scrappiest the hardest thing I ever did was like, wow, this is, because you have so much power. You have so, the, the cars are so fast. Yep. And if the things is not under control, mm -hmm. you know, you can be the best driver in the world, but the, you cannot handle the car sometimes. And that is, that, that was uh, yeah, not easy. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that wraps up Q1. Henny, yeah. verdict? Green sector. Green? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Henny's it's a, a tough judge. Yeah, He's I a am. tough judge. Yeah. But we'll see if we can get a purple in Q2. I think so. Perfect. All right. Let's That's a wrap for Q1. Welcome back to the Track Limits podcast. We are speaking to Gato. Uh, Gato, green, you know, first sector. You feeling good about Q2? Yeah, yep. I feel really good. Okay, yeah. here he we go. He wants that pole. He yeah. wants that pole position. <laughs> Come on. So let's take you back a little bit. I think you mentioned in Q1 that you obviously got started, you know, in karting at a young age. And you talked a little bit about the influence your father had in helping you out early on. You know, tell us a little bit about the kind of curiosity around racing, though. Did you always want to be a racer growing up or was racing a hobby and then you had a bunch of other things you were interested in as well? Nah, I tried some other sports, football, karate, judo. Oh, hey, wow. Uh, <laughs> I ain't messing with you. <laughs> nah, no, but it was not my thing. Oh, okay. the, 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 the hockey, I was playing. Actually, it was quite a good field hockey player. Okay, and good. and uh, that was um, together, I think, with, with, with skiing. Uh, because downhill skiing, I, I suddenly won a competition because I was just crazy yeah, going yeah, flat out downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then my father was like, mm, he likes the speed. Yeah. So that was a, 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 cho a choice between what I really wanted to do. My father, yes, of course, he was racing, but the very amateur mm -hmm. things in Holland. And then he had no more budget. And he was going over with, with I started with some business and going well. And then at nine, 10 years old, uh, my age, he said, you know, I want to do something with my son. He bought me the go-kart, we started. And then it was like a choice. Okay, look, you want to do some skiing, you want to do some uh, hockey, uh, or you want to race. Well, I, I, of course, because racing was much quicker, it was fun, it was a competition, I was good at it. Yeah. So we stopped everything and I started full-on racing. And mm. then I think one year later, I straight away won the Dutch Championship. So yeah, you could see already from a young age that there was, uh, yeah, there was a something. Neat. And then you joined the Renault right f1 young driver yeah program. and it was actually quite yep. soon so yep. I, in 2002 won the world championship uh, jos verstappen was tuning my engines i think yep. it was a very strong year mm. um but then you have to make the transition from go-kart to cars yeah and uh, i won a scholarship in holland that scholarship um gave me quite some prize money so mm -hmm. i could take that to a team we were racing in the netherlands the first qualifying did boom straight away pole position <laughs> I the see. first start i did I didn't know what to expect. It was P9 at turn one. Because yeah. oh. I was completely useless right. in, in starting. It was really bad. Yeah. Because in go-kart, it was always a flying start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now you had to use the clutch, clutch flat, how much you do it, where's the... Where's the in, and yeah. the team had no budget to do the starts because yeah. they said if we burn the clutch, yeah. 
But, you know, we yeah. have no clutch for yeah. the for the rest of the season. So go easy on it. Every <laughs> time <laughs> the start of like good in qualifying, every time the start I started losing things. So I told the team, look, I'm gonna find a sponsor yeah. and yeah. I'm gonna do one day or two days just practicing starts. Mm. I found a sponsor, started start to do better on the starts and then start could win some races, which was good. Mm. But then actually the end of the year, uh, we had two European cha- championships and I joined them uh, in Oschersleben. I did the pole position and the second place. Then in Donington, I did the pole position by 1.1 second in the rain. Wow. It was crazy. And uh, okay. I think even Lewis was there. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. and then the race, um, uh, I won it. Uh, but then the end, one week later, suddenly I had a call from um, Bruno Michel. And Bruno yeah. Michel was like, the guy who was running the Renault driver development and uh, he said, uh, we want to have a chat with you. I think you're a good guy. You're a world champion. You showed your first year in racing that you are really, really strong and super quick. So um, let's let's go for a coffee. So we flew to uh, Switzerland. They had a coffee there. They gave us a contract and said wanted to sign me. Hmm. And I think I uh, went home. We, we checked the contract to the lawyer. Of course, this was not the easiest contract. We hmm. said, can we do some uh, changes or, or modifications? No, that was it. Sign it or leave. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> but on that stage, because I had no, my father could not pay it anymore. And, yeah. and we had to go with that program, at least because they were funding all the racing. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, there we started with the, with the Renault program. Wow. Right. And And what's that process like for you know, finding sponsors and working with sponsors. I think, you know, a lot of young drivers are coming into this uh, sport and they have no clue. What, what What's that one recommendation you would give them about how to deal with this? LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. I, I love that. That's the first straight answer we've and, gotten. Um, no, I think nowadays LinkedIn yeah. is so strong. And I think the sport in general, the racing has been, has been growing a lot. Uh, if you see America now, you know, you see in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, Europe, it was already big. Japan is very big. So I think when you have uh, good people around you, good management, and you're really willing to, to give everything for the sports, yeah. mm-hmm and fight hard, do well, because, you know, if you're outside the top 10, you better can stop. Right. It has no sense to to continue. Hmm. You need to show that there's something. Um, I think then then it's able to to find uh, sponsors, to find people around you who can help you. Hmm. I was lucky that my father-in-law believed in my ability. Uh, he was a big business guy, so he helped me with some, some uh, connections. Nice. I could find some sponsorship and could continue from there. Hmm. Because with Renault, I only stayed there with one year and then I stopped because right. they were not sure if they wanted to continue and wanted to wait for two months. Mm. And I could not wait. Yeah. I was like, no, look, uh, then we, we stopped the contract and uh, I'm I'm out. And I went uh, back on my on my own and mm. um, yeah, actually uh, it went quite well. And that one year at Renault, like what was that like though? Were they helpful? Like what? Uh, the, yes, the I mean, it, it, they were very helpful. Yeah, right. um, I think it was a good program. They were good drivers. If you look through all the drivers they have had in their junior program, I think all of them have been very successful. So the talent that they searched was, was I think, the right one and the good people. But sometimes maybe you are too young for that program because the pressure was too much or you're not really ready for it yet. Uh, for me, on I was a bit in the middle. I was not really enjoyed the, the training programs because some guys, they were already in Formula 2. I was still in 2-liter on Formula 3. Mm. So the level sometimes was a bit strange because their fitness level was higher. Mm. My fitness level was a bit lower. And then they put them together. So I think it was a good lesson. I learned a lot. But maybe when I went on my own, uh, I think it was better for me. 
Mm. And how did you deal with that travel? You know, there's a lot of travel, but there's also your, your family man. How did you find that balance between that? Mm, of course, quite easy for me. Uh, because you do the, you did already for a young age, you know. When I was uh, 12, we were going already uh, through Europe. Mm. When I was 15, I think we did 32 race weekends in a go kart. Wow, so many, yeah. so many. So all the way, all the time, you're away from home. Uh, you you're living on your toilet bag and a, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and a normal bag. Yeah. yeah. And once you start racing, I think the transition from go kart to racing was really tough. Because in go-kart, you every week we are in a go-kart. And suddenly, you only have nine race weekends, uh, two uh, race weekends in a weekend. But only nine, nine weekends is nothing. Mm. You only have a few test days and that's it. So the rest of the days, you have to go to the gym, you have to go cycling, running, uh, uh, swimming, whatsoever, to keep yourself fit and have the momentum. Mm. I think that transition for me was not easy. Mm. You miss the momentum. You miss the the feeling, like oh, I want to 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 jump in and start racing. And yeah, it was it was a bit of a life, a bit of a change, let's say. And then in terms of your "I made it" moment, like when did you have that? When did you have that moment where you're like, you know what, I've made it? Or uh, or has it even or happened? has it happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you know when you reach Formula One, that's that's the highest level, mm. and, and and of course that that's a goal. But then I think you have to set new goal. Yeah. yeah. And my new goal was to reach points and, and to be there and, and to show that, that I could do the next step. And that should have been then with Sauber, but in the end, it didn't happen. Right. So I'm not really a person that, yeah, I, I'm there, you know, I feel good and I'm ready for it. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't probably not have that because the chance was not there, I think. Yeah. Right. Is is coming back into F1 a, a goal for you still? Or in, no, you... no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 never, yeah. no, never. I mean, the, the, um, the role I have now, I'm, I'm one of the main analysts for Viaplay, yep. as, uh, our broadcaster in the Netherlands. Uh, I really enjoy that. Mm. Um, I enjoy talking about sports, uh, that I know a lot about it. Uh, I'm very good contact with still a lot of people in the paddock in Formula yeah. 1. Very good friends with Max. I'm very good friends with Nick because we were racing in, um, in, in endurance together. Mm -hmm. So that is for me that I really enjoy and like. Um, and of course, next to that, I'm, I'm still racing yep. uh, in endurance, mm -hmm. which I enjoy a lot. We had some good years. Two years ago, we were world champion. Mm -hmm. And that's nice. And it's more than enough. But to go back to Formula One. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And what would you tell kind of yourself when you were a rookie driver? You know, now that you're a more experienced driver, for sure. Like, what would you have told yourself back in 2013 when you had just joined Formula One as a rookie? Like, what would you have told yourself then? I was already quite uh, late of older. So I think <laughs> I would have been, uh, it would have been easier to be younger in Formula One. Mm. I think I had some experience already in single seaters and F2 and a three and, and, and that was going really well. Mm. But I think the most important thing and lessons what you, what, what I was tell uh, 10 years from now, or let's say uh, 10 years ago, 2013, that you enjoy it. Because mm. that is the most important thing. You work hard. Uh, play hard, uh, relax sometimes, uh, live in the moment and, and, and enjoy it because mm -hmm. it goes so fast. You know, a season in Formula One is like, okay, yeah, I started in Melbourne and I'm so super excited. I was so nervous that I completely missed the start. Right. And I had a Japanese <laughs> engineer and, and, I, and my ear was broken and before I was nervous jumping in, I broke the, the ear. So I was only at one ear on one no, side. no. So I could not really understand him. Oh. And I was like, ah, oh, what's going on? What do I do with the start? And yeah. he did already so many practices because he was like first Formula One yeah, race. Yeah. Like, wow, what's going on? 
Everybody was already turned one. I was still on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> so that was not uh, not a good way. But that that's what I mean. You know, enjoy it. Don't yeah. be don't be so so nervous about mm. things. You know, yeah, have fun out there. Yeah, and you know, it's you, Max, DeVries. You know, duck, the Dutch culture is you know growing into the F1 grid. What is that thing that makes it different from other cultures? Or you know, do you guys have that difference where you can say something is there? It's the Dutch. water. It's, it's the Dutch water. water. Clearly, it's the water. <laughs> it, I think I just had a discussion also yeah. with Tom Blomqvist. You, okay. you probably mm-hmm. know him. He yeah. won the, the 24 Hours Daytona two times now. Um, and we talked about go-kart. Hmm. And when we are young, uh, from an age of eight uh, until 12, we have mini category. Hmm. And our mini category is based on a really small engine, but you only can drive with slicks. So if mm. it rains, oh, wow. Wow. slicks. Holy crap. Yeah. So if you look at Mark Stop, if you look at Nick DeVries, if you look at myself, I think mm-hmm. uh, I don't like to, to talk about a lot by myself uh, about myself, but all the Dutch drivers are always super good in the rain. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? I think because of that. Right. Because in the rain driving slicks, you have to find a different line or a different philosophy or you play around more with the body weight or you do different things. But because we were, were able to do that with a young age, you have a kind of feeling mm. um, and, it, and you have a kind of, kind of talent to bring that all the way to Formula 1. So every time when it rains, probably you've seen, well, yep. Max Verstappen, we've seen already so, that super times. quick <laughs> in the Brazil. rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But also Nick yeah. Vries, I yeah. tell you, if it starts to rain, he will be one of the, the quickest. And wow. And I think that was something special because Tom said, you're driving in in slicks in the rain? And and I said, yes, normal in Holland. I said, no, 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 no never. Yeah. In England, in Italy. Well, yeah. Italy, they go home because when they start racing, yeah. so yeah. raining. Yeah. So in England, they started to put rain tires on. So you 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 have much more grip. Remember wow. that karting race we were in? We were at Goodwood in Ontario. This yeah. is very non-comparable, no. but yeah. we, were, we were doing a go-karting league and it started raining. Everybody was losing control. Oh, yeah. I was we spinning were... in the same spot. Like, I wasn't moving. I was like, I give up. <laughs> and, and, and we were like, okay, like, let's cancel the yeah, race. Like, like, we don't want to do this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But that is crazy having yeah. to drive yeah. in this, like, with yeah. slicks on. Yeah, it's very hard. Is it still a rule right now? It's still a rule. And wow. I think that's the best wow. rule that Holland has because wow. it, it, it's, it's, it's an ability you get. Of course, you need to have the talent and you need mm. to have the luck to get there. And of course, you need to have good people. But uh, it's a long journey to Formula One. It's not easy, yeah. but I think it's also the culture we have now. Because in my, when I was young, we had I had my, Jos Verstappen, the father mm-hmm. of Max. He mm-hmm. was racing Formula One, so we were like, "Wow, I want to reset." And, and you have young people who start go kart, and then you reach the ladder, you go further, further, further. Mm-hmm. Yep, you reach Formula One, and then probably when I was Formula One, okay, not so successful. I was driving uh, f- 15, 13, uh, 12, whatsoever. But uh, I'm sure young kids saw it. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay, want to see, want to do do go kart. Yeah. Yep. Now with Max and with Nick, it's huge. I right. think in hopefully in 15 or 20 years time, there will be another young kid who's coming from uh, from go karts to to Formula One. Yeah, and to the new fans that are entering the sport, what's that most iconic s- spot or scene you would tell them about mm. to to make them feel like they have to be a fan of the sport now? Oh. Mm, to be in the cockpit, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's kind of special. But from the outside, um, there's so many nice tracks. There's so many nice things to see. Uh, the whole technique behind it. Um, I think the, the sport is just growing massively. And um, but uh, yeah, as as a as a ultra fan, 
I think the nicest thing, what I would say, is yeah. to jump in a cockpit. Yeah. Ah. To sit in the, the the feeling of how how things are, how you sit, how you handle the steering wheel, what the position is, why your knees going up and then the feet's going down. <laughs> and then you have only two pedals, yeah. you have upshift right, downshift left. It's, yeah. it's something very special, I think, for, for fans to be in that car. Love that. Last few questions in Q2. I mean, walk us through those days where things did not go right. Right, and and I think one of the coolest things that I'm taking away from talking to you is that you're quite self-aware. You know, yes. you're you're incredibly humble, by the way, but you're also very self-aware of here are my strengths, here are my weaknesses, mm. and you're very honest with yourself about that. How did you bounce back from those moments of failure, those moments where you felt like you let the team down? Maybe like how did you bounce back and and kind of get yourself back up into good spirits? Uh, it's a good question, but I think it's uh, is the fighting spirit that you have and mm. the ultimate goal that you need to have. Um, I think if you if you want to reach something, you need to have failures. You need to make mistakes. You need to have bad results to to really grow as a, as a driver, but also as a human being. And yeah. I think every time when you fall down, you have to stand up. And I think those are the biggest lessons in life. And uh, and yes, I fall down a lot. And yes, I had a lot of, lot of shit with with Sauber, and that was a very tough period. Mm -hmm. And I fell down really really hard, but I stood up and said, "Look, uh, you know." Um, Enjoy life because before you know it's over. Yeah, and and, and the yeah. good thing in life is, I think that's that's one of my things. I put in the toilet every time you pee, and I put a board. <laughs> I wrote it myself. Yeah, a day of not laughing is a day of not living. Hey. Ah, that's that's strong. That's is that is that the piece of advice you would give Danny Rick and uh, Nicholas TV who left the sport? Yeah, well, Ricardo's laughing always. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he doesn't need to to have that speech. Yeah. yeah. Although I think sometimes laughing was for him like, uh, um, especially last year. Yeah, you saw him laughing a lot, mm -hmm. but I think he had a very very tough, tough period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, think I think it was mentally it was cracked completely by Norris. Yeah. So he shit, and and he's for me between you between us. Yep. Super good driver. Mm. Yep. Super humble guy. Yep. Incredible, uh, funny. Uh, hard worker, but he lost. He lost it completely. Mm. And the time when he jumped on the horse last year in Austin, yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was completely bullshit. With the yeah. hat and the boots. Yeah. Stop that. Yeah. You know, if you have bad results and and doing not so good, mm -hmm. stop it. Just go find yourself back. Find the 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 the, the inside strength of you, and and I'm sure you will come back and even stronger. Mm. And what are you as competitive about? You know, let's say racing is obviously something you love. It's a passion of yours. Are you competitive about anything else to kind of that same level or same degree? Ask my wife. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. That, that's when you end. I that's think that's Q2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pure purple right there. I have nothing else. <laughs> That has to be the best answer I think we've Ever. heard on this podcast so far. <laughs> Great job. I mean, cheers to that. Cheers one. to that. Cheers to that, sir. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I? I mean, I'm a long time with her, but she will say always that like, this guy's so competitive in yeah. all the things. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Oh. Well, that's a wrap for Q2. Yeah. Henny, I don't even know if I have to ask you. No, purple. <laughs> no context. Pure purple. Perfect. We'll be back for the rapid fire round with Guido. All right, welcome back to the Track Limits podcast. We have our final segment, the rapid fire round with Gato. Gato, are you ready for this? Are you I'm feeling sure, good? Sure, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. A little, a little nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not what, These no, questions? what to expect. I don't know. So, uh, first question, keep your answers rapid, full of fire. If you had to choose one track to race on forever, which one would it be? Let's go. I'm about to show you a photo. 
this is uh, a victory that you have done with the European Le Mans. What was what's going through your mind? 2016. Ooh. Uh, I think was it, I think where was I think Estoril? I yeah, think yep, we won yep, just yeah. the championship. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I had a very strong race, but I was on the on the stage. Sorry, this answer will not be no, short. No, 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 no. It was raining, and I was on the on on the podium. I was like, "What the fuck I'm doing here?" Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was not really happy or something. Yeah. Uh, not, and on the end, uh, to look at that picture, yeah. maybe it was the feeling that time. But it helped me a lot where I'm right now with endurance racing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, but it was yeah, it was a it was a good race and good championship. If you had to rate add a racetrack anywhere in the world, where would you want to race? Anywhere in the world? Pui. Um I raced a lot of countries. <laughs> <laughs> so um I guess I would go because that's a, I think they're building a new track right now. I think South Africa. Okay. Oh yeah. I've never been there in racing. So that would be one place to go, yeah. Very cool. Nice. Okay. I need you to pull out your phone <laughs> for this one. <laughs> who was the last person you texted? You don't have to say what it is, but who? I texted, huh? Yeah. yeah. Um Ife. Oh. Yeah, perfect. Let's go. Ife from Formula Addict, shout yep. out. Yeah. What regulation change would you institute if you had to change one part of Formula One? For example, like double points on the last race, that type of thing. I quite have an interesting thing that teams can choose from. I think there should be three aspects yeah. to choose. So you either uh, take off the steering power, mm-hmm. power steering, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, or like a tool with tie heaters mm-hmm. or something uh, with the electronics because the electronics is very powerful these days. You can choose, you can tune it a lot. And every team should take two of them and take one out. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that should be amazing because everybody choose their own thing. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. some drivers are very strong, you know, and they yeah. will say, I, I don't need that power steering. We, we get on with it. But the yeah. other things are very important. And some other teams like, oh, now we have a very weak driver. We take power steering yep. and we take the controls. So I think those three aspects, if you throw that in, yeah. would be amazing for the sports. And, w- and would that be during every race they change a different strategy or at the that beginning be. of the season oh, it can be maybe okay. every race like yeah. oh yeah we, we go Select to uh, yeah we yeah. go to brazil it's yeah. very tough on the steering because yeah. you know it's the other way around and uh, oh we okay, we take power steering yeah. we take something controls we take off right. nice uh which driver would you trust to drive you blindfolded around a track they're blindfolded max Verstappen. hey uh, okay the greatest driver of all time in your opinion mm. In my period, when I was younger, it was for me. Um, I think both both were very strong, but it should be Schumacher and uh, and Arthur Senna. Yeah. Oh, iconic. But I have to guess. You have to choose one, no? You have to yeah. choose one. Come on. I think say Schumacher. Schumacher. Yes. Okay. Um, the next one would be most underrated driver of all time. Hmm. I think. Um, you know, I've, I've raced with a lot of drivers and some reached Formula 1, some didn't. But I think it's a hard one. I, I found some drivers super quick in junior category, but then they went up higher and, and they, they lost the way. Um, underrated. Tough one, guys, this yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Lando. Yeah, you mentioned him. You mentioned Lando. Yeah, yeah. but I did not race with him, but yeah. from the outside, yes, I think 
but anyway, he's already in Formula One and he's a superstar. Yeah. But yeah. for me, he, he he's very very yeah probably underrated. Yes. Cool. Yeah, good what one. car do you drive daily? And uh, now I have a BMW M4. Right. But uh, yeah, I drive this one daily actually. Yeah. And you, cool. you, you get a speeding ticket? Yeah. <laughs> mm, yes. <obviously. laughs> <laughs> yes, no, but uh, yeah, I actually had two on my office right now. So oh. <laughs> this morning, so I had, still have to pay them. But. What's the most over-asked question that you get? What do you mean with that? It's the awkward question. Yeah, yeah. or something that you constantly you get constantly asked. You constantly get it again and again. The same question over and over. Uh, in Holland, it's it's normal, but not really strange or overall questions or... or um, yeah, maybe if you talk about racing, yeah. like oh, how how was how is Formula One and how do you work? How do mm -hmm. those things? That that's that's a thing. But in general life, yeah, you know, you meet so many people. It's it's not really one question that pops out that uh, is awkward what? or something. Cool. Would you rather DNF like not finish on race day or not make it out of the garage in qualifying? But it depends what car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If it, was a, if it was a Catrum, yeah, I would Katrim. stay probably both times in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's kidding. No, then I would, I would pick qualifying. Kay. But if it's a really good race car to reach points and to have wins, then yep. for sure, then qualifying would, uh, would stay. Scrap on. that. Exactly. Yep. Cool. Nice. What's one piece of F1 memorabilia you would like to own or currently own? I still have a lot. Um, Which one's your favorite? I think from a, from a crash, from a test, I think the front wing. Hmm. Still have it, and uh, rear wing I have. Uh, yeah, quite quite some 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 stuff. I nearly bought my my Formula One car from Kitchen. Oh, really? Yeah. The guy asked too much money. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you have put it like above the dining table? No, 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 no. You want to drive it? No, no, my wife will kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even race helmets from the past. You know, if I put it in the office, yeah. and it's like one, and then I put another one because I I, I, I found it somewhere. It's yeah. Like, what is this doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's nice. No, 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 no. It's not nice decoration. You put it downstairs in yeah. the gym. Where it belongs. <laughs> All right. Um, there's this idea of paid drivers, right? There's a kind of a big controversy going on right now about them. You know, good for the sport, bad for the sport, paid drivers, in your opinion. Um, I think you always keep them. Yeah. And um, I think you, you need them as well. Only if the guys are coming who bring some money, they mm -hmm. need to be good. Yep. If you're shit and you're not, not, not uh, good enough, you never can reach Formula One. So mm -hmm. I think it's a common thing. You know, if you look from the past, yeah. some drivers eh, like Schumacher or like Alonso, he took Santander. Um, uh, what's the guy who, uh, Nicky Lauda, he took mm -hmm. a sponsorship to Formula One. Of course, they, they reach out to be one of the best drivers. But I think it's a common thing to bring at least some, some money. Yeah. Uh, bring back an F1 team. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lotus, Braun, any of the other ones. Brown was a very good team, but that's actually now, uh, what is it, uh, Mercedes? Mm -hmm. So it's still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be from a very old, like like the 70s or 80s Ooh. or something. You know? I think the the brand Lotus was very nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, especially also, we they were racing also in 2013 mm -hmm. with Kimi and, and Grosjean. Very good, cool looking cars. Um, so I would say Lotus, yeah. Cool. You get back into F1 as a driver. Who do you want as your teammate out of the current grid? Best driver out there. Yeah, Who which is? is? <laughs> <laughs> That's a trap. I think there are two. Okay. So uh, I would choose, uh, um, uh, because th they will never do that, two Dutch, Dutch divers in, yeah. in one team. So I would choose uh, Lewis Hamilton. 
Cool. Uh, of course, I race with him, and yeah. he's a very good driver. But I really like to see what he can do with the car and what I can, can do, do with the, the car. car. Yeah. Equal Perfect. machinery. Yeah. 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 Equal machinery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who would you not want as a teammate? Mm. Lucas Di Grassi. Oh. Okay. Yes. Really? Like out of the current grid, though. Too. Yeah. Out of the current grid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oy. Sorry. I think Max Verstappen. Yeah. I would kill me. <laughs> I, would kill me. I mean, we did once in the. A sim race, yeah. and we were testing before that. And I called him up, said, Max, can you help me out? Yeah, we set up all the things, and then uh, we started driving, and, and he, he did a lap time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did my lap time. Yeah. <laughs> I called him again, I said, Did you do that lap time? Yeah. <laughs> I said, Yeah, only three laps. So, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I was driving around, driving around, driving around, eight tenths, nine tenths, eight tenths, seven tenths, yeah. slower. Yeah. He just killed me, yeah, completely killed. I have yeah. no chance. This guy is so good. So, good. <laughs> so I stopped uh, stopped uh, e-racing or yep. sim racing. It was uh, not yep. good enough. Uh, most embarrassing moment you've ever had in a race weekend. Do you remember a moment where you were like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing? We had dinner yeah. and um, there was a lady next to me. <laughs> and uh, I, I haven't, I didn't see her for a long time because she used to be the, the physio and coach from um, Kamui Kobayashi. Okay. okay. And I saw her, hey, how are you? Good to see you. And uh, so I looked at her and I said, how many months are you pregnant? She was like, I'm not pregnant. Oh. <laughs> so really, I tell you, it's the most yeah. embarrassing <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. So I was like, uh, somebody wants some coffee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left and didn't come Did back. Did Kobayashi oh. talk to you about it? Or yeah, no, 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 no. He, he texted me, you idiot, he said me. So it was... Yeah, it was. Oh, uh, yeah. It was. I felt really embarrassed. So every time when I see a lady with like a like a small belly, I will never, never ask assume. her if, yeah, she, yeah, if, she yeah. is, uh, if she's pregnant. That's oh right. my god! If you had one superpower, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Or if you can't have one, I would try to be um, Superman. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. It's kind of a superhero that they always liked. You ever look for it? I yeah. think I could see that. Yeah. 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 Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. They're casting you at right? your role. You roll. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> I don't know. What celebrity do you think would be a good fit as a driver in Formula One? Any celebrity, actor, musician, actress, anyone? Um, what's the guy? What's his name again? Uh, from the Wall of Wall Street. Oh, the actor. Leo. Yeah, Leo. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he will fit in really well. Okay. It's, okay. A, it's a strong guy. He's fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he has good looks. Uh, talks well. He's good with the media. Yeah. I think he will be. Uh, if he had the talent as a race driver, yeah. I think yeah. he would be very good. Good job. Nice. Cool. All right. Let's talk about predictions mm -hmm. for this upcoming season. Drivers and constructors. So let's, yeah. let's get it. What do you think? Um, I think Max Stapp is going to win the World Championship again. Uh, I think it's going to be a very close battle uh, with, uh, with hopefully Lewis. Uh, I really hope that Mercedes is finding the way back where they they need to 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 be because yeah. I think it's a very strong team and good people around it and I think Toto is a very I like him a lot. Um, yeah, but then uh, Ferrari uh, is not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe um, they find a way in the second part of the of the the season because I think with Vasseur there. Yep. Will be very strong. It's, I know him for a long time. Uh, he was my team boss also in Formula Three. Mm -hmm. I think it's the right right man for the job. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's more a bit my prediction. Of course, it's a, yeah. it's a long season. Yeah. Uh, but but Max will will stand out. What about constructors? Who do you yeah, think will team win? Wide. Um, I would say Mercedes. Okay. And final question: yeah. You're writing an autobiography on your life. 
which of these titles best resonates with you? Okay, the Daredevil, the Dreamcatcher, the Free Spirit, the Hardest Worker. I would change the title, let you don't have it here, but yeah. always second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, in this honestly, in this <laughs> episode, right. you have come first by a mile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No about it. We don't even need the ranking no, anymore. I'm no. not going to listen to Henny no, anymore. That was a poll <laughs> yeah. and a half. So just to wrap up here, really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. We ask every guest, you know, tell us a little bit about how you want to be remembered. You know, what sort of legacy do you want to leave behind? It's the final question that we ask every one of our guests. Um, I think that that hopefully people remembers me as a humble guy. Um, uh, always uh, like to be a little bit of funny, funny, but also um, straightforward, no mm. bullshit. Um, the most important thing is is in, in life that you enjoy it, and and this is what I really find. I have a good life. Uh, I do a lot of nice things, and and um, and do things that you that you like. That's the most important thing. Amazing. And where can people find you on social media if they wanted to get connected? Uh, well, my father wrote my na first name wrong because yeah. <laughs> Guido is with G U I D O normally, oh, like Guido yeah, in Italy. Yeah. But mm -hmm. my father, I think he either he was pissed or he has a di this dyslexia uh, yeah. problem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he wrote it with G I E D O. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So we actually struggled. We, we actually exactly. struggled there too. No, yeah. 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 Everybody struggles. Yeah. So yeah. I said, look, if we do social media, we do G yeah. Vendegaard, so yes. everybody cannot. Easy. <laughs> write my first name wrong yeah. so um, yeah, everywhere it's the same uh, with Twitter and yep. Instagram so and LinkedIn I, potentially yes. and li at LinkedIn, and LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm not looking for sponsors anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more friends yeah, yeah, exactly. well thanks so much for coming on really appreciate you guys who tuned into this episode if you are interested in checking out other episodes go to tracklimitspod.com give us a follow on social media and leave a review on this episode this was one of the best episodes I think Very we've had spicy. and we really really appreciate your time thanks so much thank, thank you so you much, much for coming Thanks, man.